Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bill. And I'm Nate. And this is the Ask Dr. Bill podcast. So if you haven't checked out any of our previous episodes, you should. We just did a two-parter on a trip Nate and Samite took to Uganda. And now we're prepping for our next swing across America with the Age of Disruption Tour. It's going to be taking us through the Midwest, Nate. Yes, we're going to be in what we like to refer to as PITsburg through Madison. I'm not even sure what's in the middle. Are we uh, going to be Columbus, Columbus, Indianapolis, yeah. South Bend? Indy, yes. Madison? Some really great places. Oh, yeah, we're excited. And if you hear this podcast and you're anywhere around there, check out drbillthomas.org, drbillthomas.org, and you can find out about how to come see us live. Yes, especially if you're in Indianapolis. Apparently, they're almost sold out. So. Oh, Get your tickets now. Beware. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Namara joining the team. Ah, yes. Yeah. So part of what's fun for me, Nate, about the podcast is that we get to talk about stuff behind the scenes, you know, that other people don't see. And uh, one of the new things for us this fall season is Namara McCall joining the tour. If you give us a little background on Namara. Well, sure. I'm not sure what her major was, but she finished Ithaca College uh, just this past May. She had an internship during her senior year here at Rep Studio. So I trained her in audio basics and uh, editing and such. In fact, I also had her helping me do research on venues. Ah, right. One so of she, my jobs at the time even was... Even when she was in college, she was working She was the working tour. with the tour right yeah. off the bat. Nice. So, yes, when she finished her internship up, I said, we are looking for someone to join our team. Might you be interested? She said, absolutely, but I got to finish school first. So we said, <laughs> no worries. That's a very good idea. You got your head screwed on straight. So we ended up finding Curie. At that mm-hmm, point. Right, yeah. Uh, Kyrie Carpenter, who you see on stage if you come to see us as one of the performers in Disrupt Dementia. Exactly. And so one of the things about Kyrie, which I think is amazing, is that, you know, she was hired on to help with the lobby, essentially. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. But You're correct. She was a little overqualified for that job, I would say. But mm-hmm. um, it became quickly evident that she would be more fully utilized. You know, Kyrie has got great background as a psychotherapist. And so we had, this is the coolest thing, we had a psychotherapist designing the lobby experience. So a lot of creative thought, lots of ideas, lots of play elements in the lobby. Then we discover, oh, by the way, she's awesome on On stage. stage. So, yeah, she would be more fully utilized in that capacity. So it was one week, I think, before (laughs) she ended up on stage. So I want to say to everybody, if you come and join the tour, the the odds at this point are you're probably going to wind up on stage. It's likely at this point, yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) where this is obviously going is Namara is incredibly talented as a singer Mm. and as a performer. So... It's looking like possibly in the future she'll be coming up on stage with us uh, as part of the 2017 edition of the tour. Of course, anything can happen, but Any, anything can we're happen. exploring that option currently. But short of that, we have actually thrown her into the role of lighting lighting director. Director, really. Yeah, yeah. So one of the best things about being friends with Dr. Bill Thomas is that he sees potential in people. Well, And he throws them into experiences. I am a perfect example of this. (laughs) I 
never thought I would be telling my life story on stage every day. Yeah. And don't worry, I'm not telling my whole life story. It's, <laughs> it's abbreviated. But it's musicalized and abbreviated. Yes. Yeah. You've often seen much more potential for me than I've even seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm, that's something that's true, I think, for everyone mm-hmm. uh, on the tour, I would say. I could even say just about all of us have, have been boosted by your mm-hmm. vision. Yeah. Uh, well, us. you know, we're. I think the thing is, the tour and all of us, we're all into this idea that we can change American culture. And the ideas that we're challenging are very deep-seated notions about aging that really limit people and declare, in essence, that older people have, have less to offer. So one of the things about our whole team, I think, is everybody, since we're out there, crisscrossing America, challenging this idea of limitation. I think we all sort of cultivate this idea. Hey, possibilities, man. There's real possibilities here. This life is meant to be lived. Absolutely. With gusto. And yeah. I, I think we, the team we have really does that. Yeah, well, not to toot your horn too much, but it all stems from your uh, intention and your style, of your lifestyle and your choices and the people you surround yourself with, we have, I think, benefited greatly from your mm. vision. You no, know, I'll say it again. That's nice, <laughs> nice to say. So we decided this podcast that we were going to do some questions. Yes. And, so. Uh, so we're going to do some questions. And for everybody listening, I want you to know, if you go to changingaging.org or uh, drbillthomas.org, either one, and you, you send us a note, you can get your question on the podcast and we'll answer it. And you don't even have to give your real name if you don't want to. So it's all good. We won't read it. We're not going to read any names this week. So So. I do have three questions in front of me. Mm So I'm going to do them one at a time. All right. This first one, when does old age start? Hmm. That's a good question. That is a good question. And just like aging itself, which has so many different possibilities and interpretations, there is no answer. There is no, oh, Old age starts at uh, 73 or well, This reminds me 94. of my favorite question is when did you start playing music? And ah. I just love to say the minute I was born, I came out and I started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That could, have, that could be on your next album. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. You know, we're all in this thing. We all live in this life. And aging is one part of it. Now, I'll give you a couple of ways of answering the question. Uh, One is, if you survey people of all ages, they pretty much will tell you that old age starts 15 years older than they are right now. So, (laughs) it's really, it's it's amazing. Go survey the 15-year-olds. We have a school down the street from us. Go survey the 15-year-olds. They'll be like, 30, 30. man, that is old. (laughs) But if you you talk to 50-year-olds, they figure, oh, 65. I mean, that's out there. On the other hand, you talk to 65-year-olds and like, mm-mm, 80. Yeah. So people in our culture tend to map out this thing called old. It's 15 years ahead uh-huh. of you as you move through the lifespan. Naturally. Who yeah. can blame them? Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting phenomenon. And it actually, it, you find it again and again. It's fun to do with friends if you ask them. When, you're out to dinner or something. Oh, when, does, when do you think yeah. old age starts? Yeah, just to see what they say. Yeah. It speaks to, I think, it indicates that we think of the word old as a, In a pejorative way. thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that would explain that. 
Yeah, it would. So uh, that's one way of looking at it. So scientists offer us another possibility, another way. And they say, you know, if you look at the complement of things we kind of understand as aging, you can look at young, old people, ages 60 to 80, and old, old people, 80 to 100. And, you know, it's not bad. Uh, People 60 to 80 are sort of beyond middle age. And they're living a life that in a lot of ways, aging has done a lot to define their life. And it seems to be that 60 to 80 life seems to be a little different than the 80 to 100 life. Mm-hmm. Not, did you notice I didn't say better, worse? I said different. Different. And I guess the last thing I would say about when does old age begin, there is a piece of advice that I think really holds that when people stop dreaming, it's a worrisome sign no matter what their age if we accept that old would be used oh, I, in a pejorative way, right? then it so, would follow that when you stop dreaming, then you're... So our disruptive message is we're meant to dream our whole life. There is no place where dreaming is not appropriate to us. So our destiny is to dream great dreams our whole life. And I think what happens, and one reason why we're out on the road doing the tour is we want to remind people to keep dreaming and not let the, don't let the culture (whistles) merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. That's right. So, all right, we got another question? Sure. I I think I threw you off. You were going somewhere with that. No, no. I just started whistling. I I was like, uh, okay, now do I start singing? And I said, no, I'll do the bass line. Next question. I'm afraid of dying. What can I do about this? Well, uh, actually, as a geriatrician, I've had lots of conversations with people about this. You know, I mean, it's a big topic. And at one level, I just want to say to the person asking the question, that's normal. You know, one of the best ways to stay alive is to be afraid of dying. Right. <laughs> it's very helpful. You know, unless you're going to go out and jump motorcycles, you know, across the Snake River Canyon or something or that's okay. It's healthy. It's healthy. Now, there is something that I think is sort of implicit in the question, which is you can be afraid of dying, but at some point in our life journey, it dawns on us that we are not immortal and that our life will have an end. And what happens when we cross that boundary line from sort of believing in our own fragile immortality and on the other side of the boundary, knowing without question that we are mortal beings? The great irony is people get happier after they cross that boundary. It's actually an awareness of mortality that brings a certain kind of happiness into life. I need to tell a story. Yeah. Mid-90s, cross-country trip, car, me, my girlfriend at the time, National Parks Pass, visiting all the national parks. Mm, Wow. Took, I think, a month to get across the country. Cool. Amazing trip. Mesa Verde in the Four Corners region Mm -hmm. of Colorado, Mm -hmm. there was this amazing evening. The sun was setting, and the rangers were sweeping everyone out of the park. And we were amongst the last people. They kept telling us, oh, now you got to go to the next one. And we kept getting out again. And mm-hmm. There was one little spot where we pulled over. It wasn't like a standard pull-off spot. We just kind of like saw a, an overlook that we wanted to look at, pulled over the car. 
walked out and I saw this ledge, this rock jutting out, kind of like the coyote in the in the Roadrunner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was there was this distinct crack in the rock. <gasps> And I felt called out there. I can't say what it was, but I was called to the edge of that rock. And as I started to approach the rock, she said something. I don't yeah. even know what she said, but I said I. it was a Luke Skywalker moment where yeah. I needed to go into the cave alone without yeah. my weapons. You right, know? right. And I said, I, I'm going out here. Don't say anything or just go over there. Don't worry. It was windy. Oh, my God. There was God. clearly a crack in the rock. The coyote was go. watching. Yeah, yeah. I had to go out there, and I went out, and I sat, and I dangled my legs over this huge oh my God. precipice. And I just said, I'm ready. If you want me, take uh, me now. And I confronted death in my own way, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, was yeah, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. liberating moment and the most transformative moment of right. my life almost to date. I, right. I feel like it was a huge transformation. That's my story. Wow. So, well, that as is, you were saying, so, when you reach that point and you you finally accept that death is coming one way or the other, and I also love that phrase, we're all going to die, because it's the thing where, oh, yeah, the paranoid schizophrenic says, we're all going to die, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. But actually, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's it's undeniably true. Yes, yes. I mean, um, Ray Kurzweil aside, but. Yeah, exactly. So, that uh, thanks for sharing, Nate, because well, uh, that is a really powerful story about crossing that boundary. So, if I was with the person asking the question, what I would do if I were in a partnership with that person and I was helping lead them through this process, I would try to help that person approach that boundary and crossover. Mm-hmm. And my experience with older people and people who have crossed the boundary – they have much less fear of death because the illusion is gone. Right. And now you, happiness yeah. requires the truth. Oh, man, and what, what a change it was for me. Yeah. I definitely felt Puts a lot free. in perspective. Yeah, yeah, much more freedom in my life after that. Cool, man. Yeah. We got another question. Okay. How old are you? Mm. I am a 57-year-old man. And that actually makes me old. I am an old man. And in contemporary American society, that's kind of weird. He's 57. He says he's old. Well, first off, old age for me is not 15 years ahead. It's right now. I'm living it. And how can I say that when I'm, quote, only 57? Is it a humble brag? No. Statistically speaking, among all the humans who ever lived, if you put them all in order, I would be really, really old. Not a lot of humans have ever lived to be 57. We lose track of that because we're living in a time when aging is like so successful. It's amazing. But, I mean, think about it. Pick me up, drop me off in a Plains Indian tribe in the 1400s, pre-contact, you know, and I'm walking around as a 57-year-old man, they would be like, wow, right. that guy is old. And in those cultures, that would actually have picked up some credibility and some standing. So here's the thing. We can wrap up the podcast with this. But here's the thing. We live in a time when aging is succeeding like never before, right. statistically speaking. We've been through this once before on the podcast where ah. we're not – living longer. It's just more of us are reaching. Yeah, but there's another twist. Oh. The twist is more people are living longer and the esteem in which older people is dropping. So aging is succeeding. Yay. You get to live longer. Uh Uh-oh. 
you lose esteem because our society is so youth-focused. So it's really the opposite. In the Plains Indian tribe in the 1400s, not a lot of people got to be 57, but the ones that did were pretty amazing. Yeah, they must be amazing. Yeah. Now, a lot of people get to be 57, but we try to create illusions and we try to shove it off and say, I'm, I'm young. Yeah. You know, I'm not young. <clears throat> You've got to be 102 to get that esteem back, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes, let's see. I, we're 114. I'm halfway. You know, that would be the, <laughs> I'm halfway to being 114. No, I'll be gone a long time before 114. Very interesting. And, and that's it. So on that note, we want you to know that we're packing up and heading out. And the next time you hear from us, We'll be after the Midwest Swing. We'll give you a full report. And we'll guess we'll see you down the road. It seems that we will see you down the road.